my word for 2019 was preparation. And then for this year, I really struggled to find a word. I struggled to find the right thing. And I kept kind of going through. And it honestly wasn't until like January 7th, I think, that I had a word for the year. And my word was awakening. Hello and welcome to the Emotional Compass with Bodhi and Abiel. Today we have a very special guest for you. Her name is Kelly Oser from the award-winning podcast called What I Love About You. Kaylee is not only an award-winning podcaster, but she's the mother of four. She's the daughter of a minister and her husband is a minister as well to the youth. We're excited to have Kaylee to talk about emotions and dealing with emotions, especially like how she counsels other people on dealing with emotions and how she deals with emotions herself, being the mother of four. So welcome, Kaylee, to the Emotional Compass. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be a part of this and just have so much respect for the space that you guys have created and how you're addressing emotions. It's such an important conversation, so very needed, especially right now. And so I love the fact that I can say I got to play a small part in this community. I love it. I'm so excited. Oh, thank you so much, Kaylee. Uh, That means a lot to us um, from the bottom of our heart. Um, So one of the things that um, I'm very interested in is how in a culture, in a society, we have built these systems that allows us to cope with the the rigors of this carnal life. Um, Mm -hmm. So I know that your your father has um, an amazing uh, congregation that he's part of. If you could tell us a little bit about that and Mm -hmm. how, how it was growing up, I think I'm very interested. How about you, Bodhi? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, you're a minister's daughter and like maybe give us a little peek behind those curtains, like how it was and how did he deal with a gamut of emotions, all these people Mm -hmm. with different walks of life and going through different journeys in their life, right? Mm -hmm. There's, There's joy, there's like birth, there's marriage, then there's death and like all of these different emotions that he has to deal with. I mean, how did he do it? Yeah. So I think the biggest thing that I have learned from him over the years, getting to watch him lead and love people, um, he's not in it for any kind of title. He's in it because he truly loves people. And that makes it even harder because when people that you love are hurting, you hurt with them. You feel those emotions. And so really trying to find... um, ways to remind yourself that one, you can't pour from an empty cup. You can't give if you are not full and really figuring out and dialing into his source, um, which I know he would say is God. And so using that source and using that relationship and, and getting to watch kind of that personal relationship, give him the energy and, and be his source through challenging seasons. But I will say people have asked me before, you know, what's it like? Like, what's it like at family lunch? Or what's it like, you know, when you get in an argument, like, what's it like? And I'm like, he's a real person. Like he's a human being just like anyone else. He, you know, he is not, doesn't ever claim to be perfect. Our family is not perfect. Um, My parents actually probably now 10 years ago, 10 or 11 years, 
um, almost got divorced and it was very public and, you know, you grow up in this fishbowl. That's what I'll say. Being in ministry and, and having my dad, you know, be a pastor, it was very much of a fishbowl of everyone kind of knows your business, whether you want them to or not. You know, if you're walking through a potential divorce and a separation in your marriage and you're the CEO of a company, any other company, it, no one would have to know. But when you're a pastor, you have to announce that to everybody and then deal with the questions and the, you know, just kind of people not always respecting the privacy. Um, but he's always handled that with such grace and wanting to use his story to help other people. And I think that's really where it began for me, recognizing we have this gift in our words. And even if it's words of saying, hey, I'm struggling too, or I, I've been there, or I understand, that can be such a source of light to people. And so I really got to see that modeled from a very young age, what it's like to use your words to make a difference and use your words, even if they're you know, people talk about, say the words, even if your voice shakes, even in the moments when it's hard or it's scary, or, you know, you're not sure what people are going to think about you being able to be honest and be vulnerable and be real. I think that reaches so much further than a facade of, I have to have all the answers and I have to be perfect. Um, but he absolutely has dealt with a lot of different emotions, um, and a lot of people in different walks. And now being in ministry myself, there's been seasons where I've had to step back a little bit and recognize I'm trying to pour from an empty cup. Because when, when you, you know, get the call that someone you love has lost their child, you feel that like, it can be like this weighted, like, like almost like a jacket that you put on. And if you just keep putting those on and putting those on and putting those on, you won't be able to continue on your own race. Right. So just figuring out that balance of taking time for yourself, but also remembering where your source is and, and where all of this is coming from. And then just remembering a love for people, why you do what you do. Um, and I have so much respect for him and getting that front row seat. I think I can honestly say with him, what you see is what you get. So if you ever hear him speak or talk, he's a very honest, upfront, real guy. Um, he might say ass from the pulpit and it's like, Oh, okay, well that's <laughs> our pastor. <laughs> that's just, you know, cause that's real life. And so, I appreciate the fact that he is very transparent and I've really tried to learn from that. I think I just got goosebumps because I could feel the, the visceral honesty and, and the, I think when you're coming from that space, it, it, it primes the environment it primes the congregation for everybody to be resonating at the same frequency. Mm-hmm. And there's power when, what, like there's a saying one or two gather and the same there is power. And I, I'm a true believer in that because mm-hmm. I, I think it compounds on one another. And for your dad to be up there shining that light, I feel like it's a great catalyst for a lot of people to, I call it have miracles. I think miracles mm-hmm. are a, a word that might seem mystical, but when you raise the vibration of somebody, sometimes those heavy jackets that have been laying on you all of a sudden disappear. Mm. And I call that grace. So yeah. I think science can't explain it, but mm. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I actually wanted to touch on something that you mentioned a few times, which is you can't pour from an empty cup. Mm-hmm. I love that analogy because you got to fill up your cup first. You know, just like on a flight, they tell you like, put on your oxygen mask before you help someone else. So are there any like rituals or routines that you do to fill up your cup? That's a great question. I think for me, 
I've had to become okay with the fact that this looks different in different seasons. So I think it's really important to recognize that um, I learned so much from nature. I feel like we have this gift of lessons and guidance all around us. And when we look at seasons, and we don't really get those in Florida, so it may feel like a foreign concept. Um, I, I'm originally from Texas, and you don't get a ton of seasons there either, a little bit more than Florida. But I got um, the privilege of living in North Carolina for a little while, and beautiful seasons there, very distinct, clear seasons. And what I've had to recognize in my own life is there are seasons. So I might be in a season where kind of pouring into myself or self-care looks like this. And then I might be in another season where I can do a little bit more. So I do have four kids. And after each one of those kids, that newborn phase, when you're just exhausted and you are literally pouring your life into this new human, what my self-care looks like or what my kind of daily routine looks like might be very different than a few years later. So maybe it's just making sure that each day I get 30 minutes, whether it's a walk or a bath or just 30 minutes to myself to hear myself think, to be able to have that time to pray, um, you know, to read the Bible, to listen to uplifting music, whatever the case may be, whatever it is for you. And I really, truly want to respect where anyone listening might be. For them, right. it may not be those things, but sure. whatever it is for you, having that that time each day. And then now my kids are all a little bit older, a few years out, I can say, you know what? I want to have an hour each day and I'm going to wake up early because I now know, you know, my kids are going to sleep until this time. So for me now in the season that I'm in, I really try hard to have about an hour each morning of just uninterrupted, quiet time, being able to kind of ease into my day. When my day starts with like, you know, four kids and this and that, and oh, this person's calling me because there's this crisis. It, that just, you know, I'm not going to be at my best. So really kind of having that each morning, um, starting my day. And then I've really been practicing recently since the pandemic kind of started ending my day also with that time. So starting and ending my day with some quiet, intentional time um, with God and in thought and in meditation and prayer and all of those things and being able to kind of have the bookends, you know, of, yes. of, of my day. That's beautiful. That's what I would say. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I wanted to touch in uh, another aspect of your life. Um, I know growing up, one of your dreams or one of your passions was to, to share the word. And mm -hmm. I think you went into to, you're a UCF graduate, by the way. So am I. Yes. Congratulations. Yes, nights. yes. Yeah. Good nights. And you studied uh, elementary education. And mm -hmm. with this pandemic, you got the opportunity to, <laughs> to, uh, to practice this, which is, which is great. Um, but you are also part of an award-winning podcast. What I love about you. What I oh. love about you. <laughs> so, um, us being podcasters as well, we know that our journey podcasting has brought um, a lot of gifts in its way mm. and it's touched us immensely just going through the process of mm. being open and sharing things and coming from the heart. Um, I would love for you to share a little bit of your journey as a podcaster. Yeah. So for me, from a very young age, I've always loved words since I was little spoken, written, sung. I just have always loved words. And I'm thankful that I grew up in a home where that was encouraged. I was the kid that you were going to get the complaints. She's talking. She's, she won't be quiet, but my parents saw the gift there and saw the, um, just the comfortability with words. And I'm not someone that shies away from 
you know, public speaking is not a fear of mine. I can get up in front of anybody and, and talk and make friends. And that's again, part of my upbringing, like you said, being a pastor's daughter, you don't get to really be shy. You don't get to, you know, there's people you may not personally know, and they're going to come up and talk to you. And they're going to talk to you about the hardest, deepest, darkest parts of their life. And you got to be ready to have that conversation. So I've always felt very comfortable with words, but last year I really started listening to podcasts for the first time, actually. And the beginning of 2019, and started thinking of this idea of the way that podcasts can meet people right where they are, wherever they are. And it doesn't matter what they're doing. It doesn't matter, you know, what their day has looked like. And I thought, wow, there's so much power in that. And I think I might want to do that. And whenever I have an idea like this, I automatically go to my best friend, which is my husband. And, and he is the dreamer of all dreamers. Like I'm usually trying to rein him in a little bit. I'm like, okay, let's think realistically. Like I'm the, you know, show me numbers on paper and he, the, the type one and he's the type seven, like I want to have fun and it's going to be great. So I knew if I told him about this, that he would speak to the potential and the dreams and all of that. But he also knows me and my personality. So he'd bring up the things I need to think about. And he was like, you've got to do it. And I sat on it. I did not do anything for about six months. I was like, no, I don't know. I'm too scared. I don't know. So I ended up deciding that I was going to launch this podcast on my 30th birthday this year. And the pandemic happened and I really kind of was like, okay, I'm not doing it. This is not the time. You know, there was a lot that I was learning about myself through this time. And I just felt like, no, now is the time. Now more than ever, people need some comfort. Um, the, what I love about you name comes from a family tradition that we have where we go around on birthdays. Actually, it's why it was special that it was going to be my birthday. And we share what we love about the person. And you literally see people visibly like just sit a little taller and light up when these words of, of life are spoken over them and people get emotional or, you know, might feel like I didn't even think that about myself. You see that in me and there's just such a power in it. And I wanted other people to get to experience this kind of private special moment we have as a family. You know, I recognize on everyone has family to do that with. And so it kind of started from, I want to provide this for other people. And then from there, you really began a process of, okay, what does that look like? And, you know, I wanted to kind of have a plan. And what I've really learned with the podcast is that I just keep showing up and anything that happens or that's used, I can't take the credit for. I'm just kind of the vessel, you know, I just keep showing up and saying, okay, I want to be used here. I want to help people. I want to be an encouragement. And there have been some weeks where I'm, you know, I have the next month of my podcast planned and I'm just kind of plugging and chugging and making sure everything's scheduled. And then there's weeks where it's literally my podcast. Um, there's a new episode every Thursday. It's 11 PM or 11. Yeah. 11 PM on Wednesday night. And I'm going, um, so what should I talk about this week? <laughs> <laughs> And you just have to roll with it. You just have to, you know, be okay with that. But I also have found such beauty in just showing up and just saying, God, I want to be used to do, to do, to say exactly what's needed. And then see the stories of people being like, I'm walking through this and that's exactly what I needed to hear. Or I, you know, I've really been struggling with this. So you made me feel less alone. Um, I love looking through the reviews and I would say to anybody listening to this podcast, if you love these guys and you love this space, Take the time, take a few minutes and write a review, you know, for the emotional compass, because it really does make a difference in reaching more people and letting people know there is a following here of people that, that are getting something from this space. And it lets other people know I should give my time because our time is valuable, right? I want to give my time here. So I really feel like it's just been a, a lesson in showing up 
and giving it your best. I've also got to have amazing conversations with people that I wouldn't have gotten to have other than, you know, interviewing for the podcast. So it's been a really beautiful thing where I'm just seeing the power and consistency. And, and even when I don't feel like it, even when I have, feel like I have nothing to say or, you know, what else is there to talk about? I just keep showing up. That's beautiful. Just keep showing up. And that's, that's what we do every week too. You know, we keep showing up. And I think the, the thing that it's made me is like more accountable mm -hmm. for, you know, the things that we talk about. We're not just talking these things, we're living these things. And we were, we started to do book reviews. And I told Abiel, like a lot of times that we're reading these books and instead of just like reviewing the books, we feel like we are experiencing them. Mm -hmm. I love that. So we're like, we're going to call them book experiences and not reviews anymore because we're actually living through whatever the book is talking about, mm. whether it's like, you know, uh, fear or courage or any of those different emotions. Mm -hmm. So it's, yeah. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. For me personally, it was, a, uh, it was, I felt super exposed and I think it's a little bit different for you because you've been in that circle where your life is not that private, but for me, my life is, I could be a hermit, no problem. So for me to come on this stage and being vulnerable meant I had to have courage, which we did a, a book review on Brene Brown. Mm. I don't know if you've, you've gone yes, through her material her. and, and her book gave me so much courage to be able to show up vulnerable and open because that's, that's my authentic my authentic self. It's, it's who I am. And from coming from this place, I hope that it helps others mm. live in that space as well. So for Bodhi and I, especially for me, has been an exercise of vulnerability and openness and, mm. and showing up like, like you had said, it's totally like what we've gone through. Yes. I love that. One of the other questions I have for you regarding your podcast is what are some of the most memorable guests that you have had in your podcast? Because we've had some amazing books, but not that many guests. Uh, well, I would say every single person that's given their time to this space that it feels like my baby in some ways, you know, it feels like this, I'm, I'm pouring myself into this space. I want it to be the very best that it can be. And so anyone else that sees, see, sees it fit or sees value in giving their time I am so incredibly thankful and I have loved all of the conversations I've gotten to have. Um, and like you mentioned, it really, it's, it's a family affair for us. Um, so in my intro, my kids are a part of the intro. My husband does all of the um, producing and usually does some kind of wrap up that I don't know about. He'll add something on and I'm like, what? <laughs> He's my biggest cheerleader and I'm so thankful um, for him, but it's become like a family affair. And so just getting to do this with my family and then getting to have these conversations with people um, and really just feeling like there's other people that believe in this space, believe in what I'm doing is so incredibly powerful. Um, and I, I value every single interview that I've done um, equally. And it, that's people's time. And that is the most precious thing that we have. So the fact that they would give their time is so meaningful to me. Um, I love the fact that I got to start out the podcast in kind of an interview format with my husband because he is my best friend and he is such a huge part of it. Um, I loved getting to interview your wife. 
um, Dr. Brooke is, she's just such a light. And so the thing I love is I love finding people and hearing their story or hearing something that they have to offer and thinking, I get to let my audience hear from you. I get to choose to bring you in and my audience now gets to hear from you. And, and otherwise they wouldn't, right? Before technology, I would hear something powerful or inspirational or motivational and I would just kind of, yay, maybe I can spread the word and tell a few people. But now we do have this megaphone. We have this way to, to share it with even more people. And so I love getting to kind of find people that use their words to bring life and then just sharing that with my audience is such a privilege and honor. So you are a word person. Um, I want to ask you, what is your favorite word? Oh, that would be, <laughs> that's like asking a, a singer to pick her favorite song. I, <laughs> that would be really hard. I can say I try to pick a word for each year. So we used to do these, you know, New Year's resolutions. It was what, what are the things that you want to change this year? And we, my husband and I started a couple of years ago picking a word for the year that we wanted to kind of be our theme for the year. And it's funny because usually we end up learning like at the end of the year why that was our word. So our year for 2019, my, I'm sorry, my word for 2019, I kid you not, was preparation. I had no idea what 2020 was going to hold. But I thought it was going to be like this amazing, you know, breakthrough, which I'm not saying 2020 hasn't been amazing, but it's definitely been a crazy, crazy ride. Totally. So my year for 20, my word for 2019 was preparation. And then for this year, I really struggled to find a word. I struggled to find the right thing. And I kept kind of going through and it honestly wasn't until like January 7th, I think that I had a word for the year. And my word was awakening or awake. Wow. And I just felt like I wanted this year to open my eyes to things that I have yet to experience, to things that I don't notice. And I can see such beauty. And it makes me emotional to think about we're now in September. And I would not have chosen this type of awakening or this method for an awakening. But this pandemic and everything that we've walked through has opened my eyes to so much and is truly just you know, caused an awakening in me that I didn't even know I needed when it comes to slowing down and being intentional and noticing the beauty all around us. And so that was my word for this year. Um, and again, I didn't know, I had no idea in January, I really take time and pray through and think through and read and really take a lot of um, consideration when choosing a word, but I had no idea how that word would play out or that it could have led to all of this. I mean, I think that's beautiful. And it's, it's amazing that you had preparation and then awakening, like you were preparing and then suddenly you felt like I need to awaken to whatever is going on and stirring inside of me. Yeah. Um, you, you mentioned the pandemic and of course we've been living through this all this while and it's been a lot harder for some people. I mean, it's been hard for all of us, let's face it. But for some people, it's been a lot harder, especially like, you know, people with families that have to homeschool their kids that are not even used to that. And I hear like, you know, parents are appreciating teachers even more because <laughs> yeah. they realize it's like, oh my God, we didn't know all the work that you put in into educating our children. Thank you for doing that. Mm -hmm. Hopefully they get a raise after this pandemic. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> but like what, I mean, I'm guessing you have dealt 
with people that have really hard times through this whole thing. What are some of the things that you have been sharing with them or, you know, encouraging them to do to just keep their heads above water? I think the thing for me that this has taught me more than anything, I think everyone would say this has taught us to slow down as a country, as you know, this nation that kind of strives and strives and strives and we want to achieve and achieve and achieve. This has brought us to our knees in a sense of slow down. You can't, you know, go do all the things. You can't have a full schedule. And our family was one where every single night of the week, there was something, we had a jam-packed schedule. And I, I don't want to say it in a negative sense. It was a very full, beautiful um, life. And it's not, it wasn't burdensome or, or you know, um, things we didn't want to do, but it was full. And we found the beauty in kind of stepping back from that and slowing down. But I think it's so important to remember that while I have my unique struggles and being a mom with four little kids, now homeschooling, my husband working from home, um, I'm actually currently in our closet slash office space that we've had to create because, you know, you get creative when stuff like this happens. Um, I made the comment, I just wish I could have a minute to myself one day. And I was talking to a friend that lives alone and he said, well, I wish that I wasn't so lonely. And I was like, wow, like (laughs) everybody has a different perspective. Everybody has their own heart. And so I think as we're walking through this life and these, these hard, difficult days, and there's no real roadmap for it's like, what, no one's ever really lived through this in a way that they could help us. And as we're going through that, remembering that everybody's fighting some kind of battle, everyone has their own hard. And so before we think, I just wish that I could live their life. I wish I could just be in a house without a bunch of kids for five minutes. You know, they might've spent a birthday alone during this pandemic. They may not have had anyone giving them hugs, you know, and how important physical touch is. And so I think it's so important to remember the different, um, perspectives and different things people are walking through. And then the thing that I just keep trying to remind myself and other people is this is a season. And again, we can take our cues from nature. This is a season. And right now we're in this season and there are things to be learned in this season that we need to learn, but it will not be this way forever. And so that's the thing that I kind of keep holding on to is just like winter comes to an end and the snow melts and the the life springs up that's going to happen. We just got to kind of hold on through this season and not, not get discouraged with feeling like it will always be this way. I love that. I think being able to realize that this too shall pass is one of my sayings that Mm -hmm. has given me a lot of comfort and my ability to step back and be mindful and present when manure hits the fan (laughs) because it's, it's in that space. It's in that moment where I could be quiet and still that I allow source to communicate. I, I, I allow the internal wisdom to come through me. It's not who I am, but it's through me. So I, I love that. In those moments of silence, when I have time for myself, I could realize that this too shall pass. The season itself will go away. And for me, it was very different because I grew up in an island that's close to the equator called Puerto Rico. that really has no seasons so Florida at seasons has two (laughs) as the warm and the cold yeah but Puerto Rico is hot all the time (laughs) yeah that's true when you talk about seasons you have to take into context where people are from because some people it's like wait what there's 
there's four different seasons, really. Um, and we do have, we for sure do have some more seasons in Florida than Puerto Rico, but I've always wanted to go to Puerto Rico. I've heard it's beautiful. I, it's on my list of places to go for sure. You would really enjoy it. Um, even the, you know how the sun goes down uh, in the summer solstice um, around 8.30, 8.35, and in the winter around 5.40, with, with obviously with the, the time change. In Puerto Rico, it shifts between an hour tops. So your sunset's steady and your temperature is steady. It's like one day the entire life. It's crazy. Wow, that's yeah, it's, crazy. it's hard for me to share with people when I first came to Florida and it was eight at night and it was light outside and we're like, it's still sunlight. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So Kayla, we're so thankful for you sharing with us. Uh, if you have a moment, check out her podcast. What I love about you. Is that correct? Yeah. I got it right. Yay. Yay. <laughs> um, she shares her heart and soul and a lot of good, words of wisdom with you and she interviews a lot of very interesting people her husband he's another all-star he's a youth minister and he does so much with his community i think the work that he does is amazing especially with the yes. youth in a time where they're looking away from their families into culture and how we need to help them you know find the way that's mm -hmm. going to lead to a, a fulfilling life so i I applaud you and your family. I, mm. my wife is a big fan and I'm a big fan and the way she talks about you and, and your family, um, makes me feel like we're lucky to have you around. So yes, I love thank you guys. You so and I'm much. cheering you guys on. And again, so thankful for the work. I now know, I did not know before April, but the work that goes into a podcast and you guys keep showing up and you keep killing it. And you're talking about such important things. And I think too, culturally it's, it's opening up conversations for men to feel like they can have, because I could go find a million podcasts from women talking about different emotions. But the fact that you guys as men and leaders in this community are willing to say, let's talk about something that every human being deals with, whether you're a man or woman, you deal with emotions, you have to process emotions. And so it's so needed. And I'm so incredibly thankful. I love you guys. I am cheering for you guys. I'm so excited to get to be a part of this. Thank you so much for joining us today. I really, really, it was such an enlightening conversation. Oh, God. And, and refreshing as well, because it was nice to have the feminine also come and join us for, for this podcast. I felt the balance and it felt really good. Thank you so much. That's awesome.